Welcome to Sports Performance Radio, the science of athletic excellence. Welcome to another Sports Performance Radio Extra. I am your host, Ms. Chavez, and as always, I would like to thank everyone for joining me here this month. Um, this show is going to be relatively light. I don't have an awful lot to talk about. Um, the, really, uh, the news world has been very, very kind to me lately, offering me all sorts of interesting uh, you know, sports-related, doping-related uh topics to talk about, and uh, this month's been a bit quiet. Um, the the big uh, New York Times Russian doping scandal is continuing to unfold. Um, for those of you that don't know much about that, um, the truth is I spent an awful lot of time reading every piece of information I could find on it, and at the end, what I became is uh, rather disappointed, quite, quite honestly disappointed. Uh, the, the root of this story is this guy, Grigory Redenchenakov. I'm sure I'm bastardizing the man's name, but I, I just don't speak uh, prelate-based languages. Um, anyway, he was an important Russian official in the, uh, the Russian sports ministry, and he basically defected. This is the part that's being left out of the news reporting uh, in regards to this story. He snuck out of Russia, relocated to California... Uh, contacted you know officials and kind of has uh, begun the uh, the immigration process to be you know an, an American and um, it, it seems when you get this background of him kind of sneaking out getting kind of preferential treatment in his uh, seeking you know U.S. citizenship um, it seems that maybe he has an awful lot to gain by bringing quote bringing this information to bear. Um, it, it seems like maybe it's a whole lot more PR-driven than, than really factual or reality-driven. Um, and then, aside from that, and, and I find that very suspicious, that the man has an awful lot to gain by saying these things, um, then I, I really I read the details of what he's you know alleging, and uh, honestly, it, it's very disappointing. Most of the big cheat, the big Russian you know sports drug program, was really um, just cheating the paperwork, putting different people's names on different samples, you know, systematically swapping out samples with known, you know, clean urine and blood. Um, it was really more of an accounting affair, right? to be more of Enron than it did of, you know, certainly of, uh, you know, like the East German DDR, you know, that spent, you know, millions of dollars and thousands and thousands of man hours to systematically manufacture drugs that were not detectable. Um, this really doesn't sound a lot like this. As a matter of fact, the drug portion, what little this uh, the, this Grigori guy really goes into, was kind of infantile. It was very non-technical. Uh, even at one point mentioned uh, putting putting powdered drugs into whiskey and having athletes uh, consume you know their their daily drug dosing in whiskey. Uh, if that's not absolutely absurd, uh, so. Uh, Really, that—that's what I've come to, to to understand at this point is that it's really more disappointing than not, and uh, really not so much a scandal as much as just kind of an embarrassment. So 
it will be interesting to see how that unfolds. I have no doubt this being an Olympic year, uh, and that also seems slightly suspicious and uh, probably not a coincidence that this would come to bear right on the, 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 the upwinds of an Olympic Games. But having said that, I'm sure that WADA will use this uh, PR schmaz to make some sort of asinine, ridiculous, and self-serving dictum uh, to penalize pretty much everyone and gratify themselves, uh, which is pretty much their purpose for their existence. Um, that, if you can smell it through the radio, is sarcasm. I uh, really have a particularly low opinion of those folk. And uh, I think for good reason, because they go out of their way to prove me right pretty much at every turn. But I'm um, really in the news, news portion of things. That's about all I have to talk about. Uh, save one little thing, and it is not news. It's just an annoyance to me. And uh, I just want to just want to say it out loud to someone other than myself, which is usually where the, the forum for these kinds of thoughts is uh, three in the morning drinking my fifth pot of coffee and pacing the house while everyone else sleeps. Uh, and, and Anyway, I write programs, do online coaching, programming, that sort of thing for people, and, and in person, you know, and people local to me, and I, I do it, and I, and I enjoy it, and the only part I don't enjoy is with every program I write, there is an invariable, just cavalcade of questions about supplements. And uh, those of you that know me, and, and probably just for the few words I've spoken, those of you that don't, probably can tell I'm not a huge fan of the subject at large. Uh, really to the point where, you know, if you're paying someone for your, quote, workout, uh, you have no need nor knowledge for supplements. You, you just can't make rational decisions and spend your money wisely. Um, that's hard enough to do if you're literally an educated professional if you're still at the stage of seeking programming from someone else, uh, just don't even mention supplements. Don't even talk about it. But it's my job, and I've come to terms with that, and I answer the questions as diplomatically and as I can, which oftentimes really isn't that particularly diplomatic, but I, I do my best. Um, anyway, the, the reason for this little rant is lately I have been asked about pre-workout potions literally by every person I meet. And if there's anything I hate more than the supplement genre at large, it's the sub-genre of pre-workouts. Um, if you need to find your motivation in a powder, uh, you should take up badminton or tennis or billiards or, uh, I don't know, I, I really, knitting, uh, golf, that's pretty unathletic. Uh, endeavor. I, I don't know what you should be doing, but you shouldn't be lifting weights. Um, not to say that I don't believe in a pre-workout ritual or you know, certain things. I personally have a black cup of coffee and uh, some sort of a pastry. Pop-tart, donut, something. Um, not really for any grand egregiesic effect, although there might be a small one in consuming some sugar and some caffeine. Uh, but it, it, to me, it's ritual. And I have, I have a high regard for ritual. There's a reason why Every successful organization, every military, every church, every you know union, every everything that's been around for more than a week is largely predicated on ritual behavior. Rituals are very, very powerful. They set you in the right mindset. They prompt you to do certain things and prompt you not to do certain other things. Rituals are very powerful. 
Um, that's not what these people are seeking. These people are seeking some sort of pharmacological gateway to great workouts. And uh, no powder or potion is going to lift weights, folks. If you don't desperately want to do it, stop. Don't continue. Stop trying. Cease continuing. Move on to something else. If you do not desperately want to expose yourself to dangerous and traumatic loads of weight, um, nothing's going to make you want to do that. Uh, there's no shame in it. There's no problem with it. But recognize it. Stop wasting your time and money and just move on to something else. Uh, that Honestly, that's just that's my final word on the subject. Uh, it, there's just nothing. Uh, you know, and people tell me, oh, well, you know, sometimes after a hard day of work, um, you know, I just need something to, you know, whatever, to get a little boost. And, um, again, just really bad programming, folks. If, if your job is so taxing that you cannot find the fortitude and, 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 and muster yourself to train, then you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You're risking injury. You're risking, you know, being in a bad or incorrect mindset, not paying attention. You're going to take a wrong step. You're going to do something dumb. Just, Stop trying to support that with pharmacological means and move on to something else. Wait till a later point in your life when you're able to properly apply yourself. Um, it's just really, really a recipe for all sorts of failures. Um, and uh, it's just it's just a terrible idea. So anyway, a couple quick thoughts on, on uh, pre-workouts and my loathing thereof. Uh, having said that, now uh, has been the, the theme for the last few months. Uh, we're going to cut away to something I had recorded in the past in a video format. It was part of the Evil GSP video blog series. And uh, it's just a little piece uh, that I, uh, kind of the first in a series I began, of unifying language. And this particular term we're going to deal with in this piece is intensity. What it means, what it doesn't mean, and why you should uh, want it standardized and want to apply it. So uh, I think the piece itself will be fairly self-explanatory, so I will stop talking about it, and we'll cut away to that. And the only other thing you need to hear from me is I will see you, or at least you will hear me, on the first of the month with a really, really exceptional sports performance review. So until then, I'm B. Chavez. Stay strong. This is a sports performance radio extra. I am B. Chavez from Evil Genius Sports Performance, and this is Volume 2 of the Evil Genius Sports Performance video blog. In Volume 1, uh, I talked briefly about my overview and attitude towards supplements. I uh, really didn't cover a lot of detail, a lot of material. I really just covered terminology, how I handle these things, how Evil Genius Sports Performance categorizes and outlines our handling of supplements. What do we consider a supplement? What do we consider a food? That sort of thing. Really just defining terms. And I got really, a lot of really good feedback from that video. Um, a lot of specific questions, which I really wasn't shooting for at that time, but I certainly understand people's excitement. Um, in today's video, uh, I want to continue the theme, not of supplements, but of defining terms. Um, definitely want to come back and talk more about supplements, each of those individual three categories in detail and outline you know, what about them, how I treat them, how I think they should be integrated into an overall sports performance plan and program. 
but today I want to jump gears, continue with the defining terms uh, of a really strong believer in language. To communicate, to have a good, meaningful conversation, we have to have the same language. That's why science works around the world. People from this corner of the world and that corner of the world can communicate via science. Things mean the same when they're said. Uh, they have a contiguous language. doesn't matter what their native language, their native tongue is. The language of science, mathematics, physics, etc. is roughly the same. Uh, so that's what I'm shooting for here is a smoothing out of the terms so that when I say, for instance, the word intensity, you know precisely what I mean. You don't misconstrue. And that's actually the term I want to begin with, and that is intensity. Um, in my opinion, very misused, watered-down term, uh, and it's unfortunate, because it should be the underpinning of everything we think and do in a gym scenario. Whenever designing a workout program, when you're doing programming, uh, everything should be fundamentally based on intensity, as it's meant to mean. Intensity simply means a percentage of maximum. You go to your kitchen sink, you turn on the faucet, turn it all the way open, water comes out. Uh, point of fact, it comes out at about eight gallons per minute in an average North American household. That's 100% intensity. If you turn it back to half, that's half intensity. You're going to get four gallons per minute, and so on. It's an adjustment of how much is coming out per unit time. That's what intensity means. It means exactly the same thing when you shine a light on a surface and perform fancy tests of the photoelectric effect. You're determining how many photons are raining down. It's how much per unit time. That's what intensity means. Um, in the gym world, in the classical physical sense, it means percentage of maximum. If you can bench press 300 pounds, that's maximum intensity. You can't do 101% intensity. You can't bench a 400 and X pounds, you, you can't. It's out of the question. You can do 400 or less, 100% intensity or less. So when you're prescribed to do a given amount of work, say five sets of five at 65% intensity, you can quickly do a calculation. Your maximum is 400, 65% of it, and you perform five sets of five at that. It's a fundamental tool in programming, and it's very useful. Now, over time, if you're training program and your programming works, you will get stronger, and that percent intensity will go up. You will find one day that you can actually bench press 105%. It's time to readjust your intensity marker, your maximum, and perform again, which is why you periodically perform tests, whether it's in the West Side system of you know performing a max effort, or it's in a more classical Olympic style where you perform a test every eight weeks or six weeks or whatever, or you, in more my approach, where you use kind of more of a linear periodized culminating your training to a max, and then benchmark that and begin your training again. But nonetheless, intensity, and the reason I'm beating this to death is you read that word. It's in every magazine article, so-and-so trained so intensely. That's a meaningless statement. If you're a professional athlete or even an aspiring athlete, you pour your heart into it. You work hard. Everyone works intensely in that mindset. They don't necessarily work intensely in that they're using a very high percentage of their maximum. Most bodybuilders, in fact, really don't. They work at relatively low intensities. So, for the sake of common language, intensity, at least in the evil genius sports performance mindset, is a percentage of maximum. 
very, very useful tool, very, very meaningful, recurrent word in the world of sports programming, but that's what it means. It doesn't mean he's trying hard. It doesn't mean I'm, you're supposed to do it with great mental focus or any of these silly things. It has nothing to do with emotion. It's a mathematical term. You can do this much. I want you to do this much percentage of that much. Simple. Okay. Another word that's kind of often tied to the intensity word, and at least equally poorly used, applied by magazines and writers and round away. I apologize to the few good ones that are out there, but you know who you are, and we've probably talked, so you know. Heavy. The word heavy. Oh, he trains heavy. You should see how heavy he trains. Ronnie Coleman trains so heavy. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's a nice guy. I know the guy. He doesn't train that heavy. He is capable of moving extremely large loads, but if you look at his training, the number of repetitions he performs with a given load precludes it from being heavy. Okay, I don't really dwell on this word, but just like supplements, I tend to break it into three categories. Heavy, moderate, and light. To me, heavy is anything that you can only perform five repetitions or less. If you can only do three or four repetitions with a weight, I have defined that as, that was heavy. If you can do six repetitions, that was, in my book, not heavy, but moderate. Roughly six to, say, 15 in my book. Anything in that range, 15 down toward five, that's moderate. Okay, Most bodybuilders tend to do eight to 12 repetitions. That's not heavy. I don't care if they're doing it with 500 pounds. It is, by definition, not taxing them to the level where they can only do five or less. It's not heavy. It's moderate. Yes, Ronnie Coleman's incredibly strong compared to you, or even compared to me. But the loads he uses, by and large, the exception of a few showing off doing some 800-pound singles and that sort of thing, for the most part, by far and away, the majority of his training is not heavy. Sit in front of YouTube with a notepad and write down how many repetitions he does each set, and you will find that the lion's share of his work is not within that three-category description I just gave you. Definitely not heavy. Some of it is even more than the 15, making it light. Most bodybuilders do not train with a high intensity or percentage of maximum, and therefore their training is, relatively speaking, not heavy. It's rather moderate to even light. So intensity and heavy or weight or load tend to be intertwined in a conversation. But heavy is a very, very non-useful descriptive word in the world of strength training, powerlifting, bodybuilding. Um, really what you're talking about is rep range. And rep range is ultimately a function of intensity. How much load is on the bar comparative to the most you could do at that time. And you also have to make sure, especially in the world of powerlifting, that you're comparing apples to apples. Your maximum raw squat doesn't have an awful lot to do with your, you know, three rep geared squat. Uh, although I do know guys that can modulate that intensity where their raw squat is 700 pounds. That's 100% intensity, but in gear they'll do 127% intensity. Uh, certainly not the way I would do it, certainly not the way I would script it out, but it, it is in fact doable as long as you realize you're not comparing apples to apples and you make an adjustment for that curve. But there we go, that covers two very fundamentally useful and fundamentally misused terms in the world of sports performance. Intensity is a percentage of maximum. It doesn't mean you're 
focusing or trying hard or you're making a lot of noise in the gym, any of that nonsense, it's percentage maximum. Now that has serious consequences. We will definitely talk about those consequences. Higher intensities tend to have a deeper inroad into the nervous system. Lower intensities tend to have a deeper inroad into the musculature. You actually, why bodybuilders tend not to do high intensities. They do lower intensities, more volume, they spend more time under tension, tends to affect the actual muscle fibers to a greater degree. It's also some of the major diff divergence between strength and size, performance and appearance, all of that which we will certainly cover ad nauseum. But for today, to level the playing field and define language, Intensity is percentage of maximum. Heavy, not really a useful term. It really is dependent on who you're talking to. Uh, my heavy is not the same as your heavy is not the same as, you know, Bill Kazmaier's heavy. So heavy is really just an emotional term that, you know, you can throw around amongst your friends, but it doesn't really mean much in the gym to programming. Programming, intensity, intensity is percentage of maximum. Intensity has all the down tier, downstream consequences of defining rep range, rest periods, recovery interval, all of that is fundamentally determined by intensity. So I'm going to leave the conversation there. We're going to pick it up next week with a few more terms we're going to define. And then we'll begin to put all this together into a coherent training, recovery, nutritional performance strategy to help get to your goals. Um, I strongly recommend you interact with these videos leave your feedback, ask your questions. Um, without you guys, I'm just talking to myself. And it's all about communication. It's all about having a common language, but unless we use that language, it's useless. I strongly, strongly advise all of us, just regardless of how you feel about things, communicate. The more we communicate, the more we can move this forward, the better the athletes of the future we can make. So for now, be Chavez. Evil Genius Sports Performance. Until Volume 3, thank you. See you later. Thank you for listening to Sports Performance Radio.